I'm Tech Sergeant Phillips. Um, this is the Arkansas Minuteman Moment. This is Season 2, Episode 1. Um, today I have Chaplain DeFreeze with us here. He's here to talk about the Four Chaplains Day and um, just kind of different things that uh, chaplains do for the uh, for the unit. Um, can you kind of tell us a little bit about what that is? Yeah, thanks, Sergeant Phillips. Appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to sit and share here for a few minutes. Um, so for Chaplain's Day, anyone who's going through uh, chaplain school is going to hear about the four chaplains and their experience. Uh, this was uh, four um, Army chaplains. Uh, chaplain John Washington was a Roman Catholic priest. Uh, George Fox was a minister in the Methodist Church. And then Alexander Good was a Jewish rabbi. And there was also a Reformed minister um, named Clark Poling. And each of these men, uh, they did not really know each other before going to chaplain school that we know of. They went to chaplain school at Harvard University. Uh, this would have been in the, the early 1940s. And so uh, each of these men, once they had completed chaplain school, they were assigned to the SS Dorchester as part of a personnel convoy to the European theater. And so while they were on the ship, there were about 900 personnel Army, Navy, civilian personnel that made this journey and this convoy on their way to Greenland. Well, the, um, the German Navy um, intercepted them, and so they were attacked by German U-boats uh, in early February of 1943. And so it's on February 3rd of 1943 that, they, that the Dorchester was torpedoed. And um, as you might imagine, when a ship is, is going down, there's... Uh, Everything is dark. There's mass chaos. Um, folks not knowing where they are, what to do next. And so it's, it's recorded that these four chaplains, they went on the deck of the ship and they began to direct traffic very calmly, uh, telling folks where to go, where to line up, to get on lifeboats. Um, and each one was given a life preserver. The chaplains had their own life preservers, but there were not enough to go around. And so as they were helping folks get into the lifeboats, uh, each one of them gave up their, their life vest for another on the ship and uh, continued to help folks either get, get in the water or get in, in the ship. And it's, it's recorded, and this is often captured in pictures, uh, these four men linking arm in arm and moving to the back of the ship and praying and singing hymns from their own respective faith traditions. They, they came from very different religious backgrounds uh, and convictions. Um, they didn't lay those aside, but coming together, they prayed, they sung, uh, they, they sang these hymns, um, and they perished uh, with the ship. Of, of the 900 that were aboard the ship, only, I think it was 230 or so, survived this, um, this sinking. And so it was just, it was an act of, of great courage, of great selflessness. They, they, they served to the very end in giving their lives, and there was an, an aura of, of peace and contentment uh, to these uh, men as they, as they were there serving to the very end. Um, and so it's, it's a great picture uh, for us, uh, I think, a good, a good uh, memory uh, for us and, and courage, a good example of that, and how might we respond in a, in a similar situation? What cultivates that kind of courage and selflessness. Um, how might you and I respond in a similar situation? And, and this isn't meant to be a, a morbid thought in any way, but as I was walking over here and thinking about this event, 
you know, in, in, a, in a figurative sense, uh, or at least captured here, you and I are on the ship and everybody right. else, right? The, the ship is going down, and, and, and today we're confronted with our own mortality, our own potential death. What gives us hope? What would instill courage? How, how can we approach today when death is a very real possibility with hope, with, with a peace, and to be able to, to respond perhaps more like these um, four chaplains did? Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's a that's a great story. I, I've never heard that story before. Um, so February third. So is there anything special that we do in observance of this day? Or I'm not aware of any unique ceremonies or anything that's um, that's set aside. It's just just a memory, taking note that this has happened, what the events that surrounded this event, and uh, and how how it makes us think and encouraged um, encouraged to think as as. Uh, servicemen um, but not not that I'm aware of any um, there are um, chapels that are named after uh, these these four chaplains sometimes they're referred to as the immortal chaplains or the chaplains of the Dorchester um, but uh, but nothing nothing specific or uh, you know a special ceremony or anything like that that I'm aware of uh, within the wing uh, at this time um I was kind of doing some research on uh, Four Chaplains Day before you came over today, yeah, and yeah. Um, I guess um, the big thing it talked about, I think you kind of covered it, was uh, it kind of shows us the importance of uh, faith, courage, and like selflessness. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So how do you or how can we apply some of those thi- things based off this story into our own lives? Oh, that's a great question, and something really, I, I think that's why we celebrate the day, is to think about how do I apply this to my own life? Uh, where can courage, selflessness be found? I really think of those two things as, as two sides of the same coin. Uh, can you think of a courageous act that doesn't require selflessness? Right. Or some, uh, someone that does something selfless that, that doesn't take courage. And I think when we're talking about selflessness and thinking about selflessness, it's important to recognize what it isn't. Selflessness is not thinking less of oneself if that makes any sense. Um, you know, I'll, as, a, as a Protestant Christian chaplain, I'm leaning into uh, the Holy Scriptures as my source of truth and authority, and, and the Bible teaches us very clearly that the Creator God has made human beings in His image. And so human beings uh, are copycats and representatives of the Creator God in this time and place. And because of that, we have an inherent dignity and honor and value, and meaning, and purpose. And so if that, is, if that is embraced, if that is true, then I think that gives a certain level of confidence, self-assurance, maybe even could we say courage, right. knowing that as a human being I have this inherent dignity and value. Uh, I, th- I think there's an important piece there. So it's not, so we don't think less of ourselves. Well, I'm just, I'm just a nobody. I'm no good. I'm, I'm, what, what can I possibly contribute? And then on the flip side of that, so not thinking less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less. Right. Yeah. I look at it as kind of putting others before we put ourselves, like yeah. taking care of other yeah. people before we take care of ourselves. Yeah. Which really is, I, it's hard to imagine a more countercultural 
uh, perspective than that or countercultural message. I mean, we live in a time and a day and age where it's all about me, right? Right. <laughs> what I think, what I believe, what, what I want to, to say is true. And that you find a lot of selfishness and a lot of entitlement in that particular uh, area. But selflessness, thinking less of oneself, like you said, is really looking outside of oneself, looking to another. There is someone, something else that that I'm going to live for, that I'm going to serve. How do you think we can implement that idea into like our work as airmen, as guardsmen? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm tremendously encouraged just by the fact that, that, that you and I are sitting here, we have a uniform on. I'm encouraged by all the other members maybe listening to this podcast or a part of the wing that are putting on a uniform. Right. Just that very thing is a selfless act. There is someone or something that I am willing to to serve, you know, the, the, the mission of the nation or to serve this state when called upon, and I'm going to continue to train and hone skills so that I c- am, am ready to do that. So I can look outside of myself and serve, uh, serve others, uh, serve the needs of others. Um, and to even do that to the nth degree, and that's where we see this picture of the four chaplains. Again, as a Christian chaplain, I'm thinking of uh, the Lord Jesus who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And every now and then we get these glimpses, we get these pictures of what service looks like to the nth degree. These chaplains didn't give their lives as a ransom, but they they showed a love to the nth degree. Um, and I, I, think, I think this is where courage comes in. Selflessness and courage, two sides of that same coin. I think it was FDR who said, uh, courage is not the absence of fear, but living or taking action in the face of fear. And I think that's really helpful. It, it, it tells us that, well, fear just doesn't go away. Fear is still there. Fear is a very powerful motivator. We will do things, not do things out of fear all the Absolutely. time. And so courage has to somehow work through some would say conquer that fear. There has to be a greater inspiration, a greater motivation to work through that fear. And I, I would I would purport that the strongest motivation and force we have as human beings is love. Absolutely. And so, again, we talked about the can, can we just differentiate you know between courage and selflessness? How about courage and love? You know, I, I think every act of courage, really, when it when we look, take that to its end, is, is an act of, of love. Um, and so we, we, see that, we see that pictured by these, these four chaplains, again, coming from very different backgrounds. They could say, we, we're going to, to love, and we know how to do that to the very end, mm-hmm. and that's giving our lives. And as we raise our right hands, we put the uniform on, we continue to train as um, Minutemen, women uh, in the guard, we are, uh, we're saying we will, um, we're willing when that time comes um, to, to serve to that nth degree. And that kind of leads me into my next transition. I know y'all just recently changed locations, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody needed to get in contact with you, how, how would they go about doing that? And kind of what are some of the reasons they would get in contact with you? Like what, what kind of services can you offer? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So we, um, along with uh, the other helping agencies here within the wing, we have moved back into uh, Building 106. 
as soon as you walk into building 106, right there on your left is the chaplain office. On your right is the, the safety office. And so the office of the chaplain's there. Chaplain Pierce is our, our wing chaplain. He's here full-time. And then we have two, um, uh, two part-time chaplains, myself and, and Chaplain Boyer. Um, but also our religious affairs airmen are, are located there as well. So you can stop in there anytime when, uh, when we're there to, um, to talk with us. And you know, as chaplains, we're always thinking about how we can uh, help meet the religious needs, uh, the spiritual um, needs of our, of our airmen, uh, any, any religious accommodation, uh, things that, that may be uh, in front of us or that may need to be addressed, uh, we're there to talk about. But I like to tell folks that, that I think that the greatest uh, service that we can provide, the greatest help, is to maybe sit like you and I are sitting right now at a table and just have a conversation about what's going on in life. Absolutely. We can talk about anything. Chaplains have that privileged communication where it's not going anywhere. It's not going to significant others or spouses or supervisors, coworkers. Um, that, that conversation stays between us, and that's really, really important. Yeah, sometimes just giving somebody a, just a place to vent and kind of just express oh, yeah. themselves, and that kind of does a well – how about a lot for somebody? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I think that's the, the big thing. If someone wants to sit down and just, you know, whether it's a formally scheduled time of counseling or just informally, hey, I, I need to, I want to go talk to somebody about this, about this financial decision or about this work decision or something like that. Uh, we're there to process those types of things. All right. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to cover? Or? You know, I just, I think it's a, it, it's a neat um, and important day to recognize these four chaplains uh, i would i would imagine most folks don't even know <laughs> that this is on the calendar right this and is the uh, first time i ever heard of it so yeah it's yeah. actually a great story as i was re- reading into it yeah it's really it really is a powerful story and i'm just i'm grateful for the opportunity to share a little bit about it and and some of the things that it helps us think about uh, as airmen here in the wing well, all right well um if you have nothing else to add that's going to um in this podcast and um, thanks again for being here and talking to us today about Fort Chaplain's Day and just kind of s- some of the services that you offer as a chaplain. And uh, that's it. That, that ends the podcast. Well, appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. We are Mission Ready Airmen, providing premier training to the C-130 and cyber enterprises, capitalizing on partnerships to support the state and defend the nation. Our vision is to be a diverse family of airmen, dedicated, adaptive, and empowered to lead.